Well, hey, folks, and welcome back to the 747 Conversations podcast. It's your host, Chris Shembra, broadcasting live from beautiful and finally warm New York City. Really excited about this episode of the podcast today, here with a man who believes in purpose, doing good work, building community, and so many more. Uh, please welcome Dominic Tancredi, co-founder and CEO of Dom and Tom, an organization he founded in 2009 with his twin brother, Tom, um, an organization that is Inc. 5000, five years running, Crane's best place to work, many years running, a digital product development studio in web, mobile, emerging technologies, really one of the leaders in this great space, serving clients of, of, of all sizes, doing great work. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Hey, thanks so much. Now, you know, it's, it's such an amazing time being in this conversation, considering your, your values are everything we believe in. Mm-hmm. Do good, be good, be passionate, build community, take care of your coworkers and clients, etc. With everything that you've built, the simple question I have to start us off with today is, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, or just have never thought to give any credit or thanks to, whether it's someone you've never met before or someone you've known your entire life, who would that be? Yeah, that's a really really tough question, right? Because there's everyone in your life who has helped you become who you are from Eagle Scouts, uh, Scoutmasters to gymnastics coaches. My family's big into sports activities and community activities to friends that you grew up with. That's really, really uh, difficult to choose like one person with the caveat that you realize you haven't given them the gratitude, you haven't said it to them enough. So I actually feel really good about my, my personal <laughs> solve for that is, is, is our dad. Initially, I thought that might be a little, I guess, on the nose. But that second part of what you're saying really hit me, which is, um, so our, our dad is, he's our general counsel. He's legal. He works with us. I work with my twin brother. Our little brother, Joe, is engaged in in the business as well. And so family is really huge in our company. Um, that's why values are so important. Um, we treat everyone in our company present and future and past, um, as family. So we have this kind of running, um, uh, reference, which is, you know, Dom and Tom alumni people are in the company and they leave uh, for good reasons or changes in lifestyle. Um, we call them alumni and we are very good friends with, all Dom and Tom alums and, and most, I would say all of them, I'd say most of them. And some of them are good friends with us. And that's because of family values and just trying to treat each other uh, with that do good, be good ethos. So to work with your dad every day could be a nightmare for some or, 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 or bliss for others. But I think when you work with people, sometimes you, for, you take for granted the... Uh, relationship and you just focus on the task at hand and you, you don't always express your gratitude. And it, it certainly doesn't get, in my opinion, any, any easier when that person is someone who's been in such a position of authority, uh, expertise, and has, has kind of you know, guided your, your identity. 
throughout. And I'm, I'm a new dad. So I think about that quite a lot. Like, how do I treat my own father in and out of work? And then how would I be treated by my son? So, you know, I'm always trying to, 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 to think about that. And I just, when you ask that question, I say, you know, bingo, that's the guy I definitely do not express enough gratitude towards for, for the last 10 years. We're celebrating our, our, our 10 year anniversary at Dom and Tom. I would say, even though you, you, you say it, you know, you don't, you don't always get the time or the space to say thank you and, and break down the reasons why, you know, you're expressing that kind of appreciation. The first, first question I have was, you know, when you talk about a man who's really helped shape your identity, what was your relationship like with him when you were a kid? It was... It, it was, I want to say, ambiguous at first because how far do your memories really go, for good or for bad? You know, he tells stories that he was traveling all the time to, to you know, work and business. And, and so first three years of our childhood, he, he feels very remiss in having missed a lot of it. I don't remember any of that. Like, I don't recall that. I remember one really adversarial moment we had had and that framed me to be more independent but since since that one moment and that's like a you know you always carry a memory or two with you from like every generation or era it's always been supportive it's always been with filled with love it's always been sort of like helping us achieve our own path and identity while at the same time making sure that we don't stray from the values that, like very values driven, that, that can help identify like healthy moral being. So I know it's a lot of abstract <laughs> words. Here's an example. Uh, has, no, uh, it has no opinion about what profession we would take. None. Like, if we, if I was into acting, very supportive. If I was into track and field, very supportive. Always supportive. If I was, was into so many different things, and so was Tom, and so was Joe, always supportive. Just if that's what makes you happy, great. But we will go to church every Sunday, come hell or high water. And I, three guys, you could see us trying to resist. I mean, just having the endurance the spiritual endurance to say, nope, we're doing church every Sunday. But what is that? That is not a profession. That is, you know, the same stories told over and over and, and the homilies and everything. It's, it's about, when you look back, I think, finding a sense of community and values in that. And I think that's why he made all three of us become Eagle Scouts and fought our fighting to abandon the Boy Scouts, abandon the program, because once you enter into high school, you know, you have a lot of other interests going on. And your friends are doing a lot of other things, and your, your hormones are just jacked. But every Tuesday, oh, no, that's not a question. We are getting in the car. We're going to the thing. Once a month, you're going camping. really don't care about why you do or do not want to do things. Some things are completely inflexible. And when I look back at that, I go, that again is nothing to do with will you be a doctor, will you be a lawyer, how are your grades, who are your friends. It has everything to do with if you do these two main things, and there's more, I'm sure, 
you you'll be spiritually enriched, you'll be morally enriched, hopefully, and you'll be some level of independence and and collaborative. You can't you can't do eight years of Boy Scouts without controlling the the asshole within, right? <laughs> like everybody is has that id in them and that ego, and you can't. You have to reconcile who that you have to nurture it, grow it, but you know, we say this with our clients, like your ego is is like a, a bull in a barn. You know, you can't ignore it, you can't starve it, you feed it, and then you gotta be able to ride it. But if you just let it run rampant, no cowboys are gonna trust you. So his commitment to values, to rituals, to community, to church, to discipline was him as a father, was that natural for him? Was that an, did he have to push himself, you know, to be that? Was that different than how he was raised? That's a good question. No, I think that's how he was raised and also how he saw the world. So, like, our grandfather wasn't huge in the Boy Scouts, but how he was raised involved a lot of community. Uh, we, we grew up close to our aunts, our uncles. Uh, we, every, every week, would probably drop by at their homes unannounced sometimes just to be part of that community. And I think he grew up in that, and he knew that was more important and more valuable than a, a baseball game. Mm, or at least he valued that more than, you know, a traditional kind of family activities like that. And, and it, it worked for us. It, it worked for everybody, I think. I mean, it, it overworked. He didn't, he wasn't struggling with it. I think the opposite was the problem. And that, uh, you know, he worked 150% in that area when, you know, everyone else was happy to kind of be at 100 or less percent of, you know, community involvement in that way. When I first asked you about your relationship to your father, the initial word out of your mouth was ambiguous. But now after hearing you talk so many, so much about values, culture, rituals, community, church, etc., when did you realize along the way that how your father had invested in your growth was going to serve you for the better over time. That it, it was a unique, but, but very, very, very good way that you were raised. Yeah, I think, I want to say through high school, but it's hard to have that level of awareness, we'll say. I would say college, definitely, when you're, you're out there independent. Um, Tom and I lived together for the first year, which was great. And coming to New York and traveling, I, I used to live on couches and backpack around the world. And I would say everywhere I went, I had a sense of self-reliance because, thankfully, because of him, really. I mean, he, you know, just taking us to a place like the Boy Scouts to go camping once a month. And you've got these kids who are just I mean, you're 13, you're 14, you're 15, and you're saying, in the middle of winter, it's snowing out, you have to shovel it out. I remember that camp out. You have to sleep on the cold ground, you wake up, and 
you know, be boiling 90 degrees and, and mosquitoes everywhere. And you have to get a canoe and get going. And you make your own meals and you make your own fires and you live and die in this pack of kids that are animals. And the troop leaders are there, but they're not really, they're there to, to observe. They're there to maybe guide. And they're there to like taste the food and say, wow, that was awful. Like, why didn't you do this or that? You know, like you eat what you make. So I think that's when I really started to appreciate those areas of independence and self-reliance. And it wasn't until maybe early to mid twenties when the values of, you know, of what he had taught us and, and instilled in us really started to hammer home Uh, because you know, I didn't know what a company was for a long time. And it's only after working with so many companies and helping shape our company over 10 years that values became so clear as, as a, a foundational pillar. And I never thought values were, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Like we're a group of people trying to achieve an objective. Hopefully we benefit from that, whatever that is. Values is kind of either assumed or it's, it, it, it didn't seem to be as important to the, the raft. You know, it's just part of the tools in the toolkit of like, we have paddles and we have values and we also have sunscreen. But now it's like, no, no, values are the raft. Values are, values are the compass. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a key aspect. Um, and I think that really came from him and my mother too. But, you know, he, he, he took that on. Yeah. You and Tom were 27 in 2009 when he co-founded this company together. What were some words that your father told you when you started this company with your twin? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I mean, the advice he gives is very defensive. It's very protective. Apprehensive, maybe. I, 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 I'm trying to recall really any advice other than support and love. I think as long as support and love was there and how difficult it is. and I mean, the most important thing he's always said is, it's important you have a great relationship with your brothers and you never lose that. And I think over the years, there's been stresses, you know, high highs, very deep lows. And he's always kind of had that really strong refrain of you got to make sure you guys have a good relationship. Um, so I think that might have been the first thing he said. And the thing is continued to kind of keep as a mantra because it's, not like you meet and start something and then it doesn't work out. And then you can say, well, we can both move on. You can, but with family, you, you have a longer standing relationship and you've, you've kind of, you're kind of excited to have that relationship in your life because it, it, I think it defines you and you're defining that person. If you want it to, you don't have to, but I think that was his, his major advice. And, you know, similar to how you were likely uh, 9, 10, 11 years old when you and your brothers were uh, first getting into the Boy Scouts and becoming Eagle Scouts, in a way your company is now reaching that same age that you were when you first started in a lot of these, you know, kind of places. My question to that is, 
you know, how does your father show up into this company today like he did with you and your three brothers so many years back? Well, I, I think the, the trick is he's a colleague now. And I think when you become colleagues with your parents, the dynamic can, can go through this filter, this lens of, how are we talking to each other right now? Are we talking to each other like colleagues or are we talking to each other like family? And given that you don't want to ever um, lose the, or damage the familial aspect, you know, I switched to colleague mode pretty, I would say, efficiently. Um, but I, I think sometimes it's just you can't help it being, it being intertwined. And that's really tricky with, with, with also knowing that there are these triggers that you have with each other you know each other's soft spots you, you, the joke i have is you know you you've known someone for say nine years ten years say any anyone who's been in the, this company since it started that is a high school degree with that person that is a college degree with that person that is a master's or if you say college master's phd because i have a phd of my dad at this point because we've worked together so long. But at that point, you also, your body intuitively starts to get, or your mind, if not your body, gets irked by uh, uh, sort of old dog tricks, old dog sayings, um, things that can't be un unlearned uh, in terms of behavior. And I think I try to keep it fresh, um, keep the mind open and, and, and elastic, to say this is a 2019 uh, version of my my dad. This is not the 2014 version of my dad. This 2014 version, you know, if I look at him and I say, oh, he's giving me the, the advice that he's given like four years ago, but we're a very different place. You know, no, no, he's giving the advice that is relevant today hmm. and the insight and the counsel. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you maintain that elasticity as a leader? Um, I mean, for me, it's a choice. <laughs> I think it's just, you just know you have the choice. Like you have a choice. If, if you trick yourself, if it's true or not, you tell yourself you have a choice if today's a good day or a bad day. You have a choice if you want to be happy or be sad. It's a choice. And so do you want to have a, an elastic mindset? And then the, that's how I began doing that. And later it became more about, well, I don't have a choice about how I'm something he said is like making me feel, but I do have awareness to examine it. And, and the more, I think everyone should go see, a, a, you know, especially in this domain, see a therapist. I think if you're, if you're com committed to health of the body, like working out, you should also be committed to the health of the heart and the health of the mind. And going to see someone that you talk to every day and just has no familial, no work, no friend. They are a paid observer to give you some human insight. I think going to see a therapist has helped me work the tools and, and kind of scale the rock wall that is like, what, am, what is going on right now? And I think that elasticity is, is, is only helped by, by outside mm -hmm. thought. That's all. It's a good growth mindset, right? Develop the habits of a life learner, positive mental attitude. Don't be afraid to talk to people and be 
open and honest and transparent about things. How do you pass this this lifetime habit of community, family, rituals, quality time? How do you pass that along to your relationships with your clients, your relationships to colleagues that aren't related to your family? That's a good question. I think the the there's two gifts I think you can give that are the most valuable gifts that exist. And this came, I want to say, from my dad too, which is your time. Your time is finite. A client's time is finite in both the business world and the real world. And if we can spend one more minute together, that is precious, especially in this very busy world. So anyone who gives me the time of day and I give them my time, I find it is it is, a, is an expression of appreciation and gift. The second is the future. You know, I say this to uh, you know a colleague who, or an employee colleague who 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 may think about quitting. You know, which is fine. I mean, that happens. This is a very exciting space, and there's a lot of different opportunities. But if you were to say, "Look, I I plan on leaving," and I say, "Great, congratulations." Where, when, they say tomorrow. I go, you haven't really given me the gift of the future. But if you say, I'm leaving, but it's going to be in two years. I go, wow, you have given me a gift of, like, I know, I can work with that. We can work with that. We have a plan together. I know where it's going. And it's hard to give that gift because there's so many variables and if you really commit to actual, you know, being accurate with your word, you don't want to commit yourself to something that doesn't make any sense. Oh, I'm going to leave in like a month. Well, it's more like two weeks. Well, it's, actually, it's not a month. It's going to be like three months. It's like, whoa, I know what you, I know what we're working on the shape of the future, but we need to find a way to like be good with it. So I think when it comes to creating a community, whatever that is, you're just spending time with people. And you're asking if the future, what the future looks like. And you're just working on it together. You know, I have clients I, I meet for coffee with once a quarter, some once a year. And they've always been happy to have a coffee with me and stay in touch. But I actually recently had a client who, was, <laughs> who never expressed this until we finally finished our work and finished the contract and said, you know, you come and you, you meet with all these other people and you've never met with me for coffee. Um, and they're, they're tough. They're, they're tough as nails. And I don't know, it made me really kind of step back and go, I, I know there's stuff there. There's like being offended and relationships. There's something in me that said I don't, I didn't see that. I, I delegated that. And it really made me kind of reflect, like, why didn't I make that time? And, and also go, wow, I didn't even know they noticed. They cared, hmm. you know? So it, it, gave me, it, it gave me a little, like, kind of a happy buzz to go, like, oh, I, I learned something now, you know? Which is kind of cool. What's the next thing you're excited to learn from your father? Well, <laughs> so... I actually had a statement I made this year is that I don't want to learn anything this year. I don't want to learn a single thing. 
I get the value of learning how to learn. I, I espoused it for, you know, since college. I think our college that we went to is tremendous in teaching people how to learn um, anything, all sorts of domains that we covered from literature to science to philosophy, theology, and then your core stuff, you know, the stuff you're, you're excited about. I think this year I just want to do, I just want to implement. I want to be actualized in, in, in everything that I've kind of done. You know, it's like, I don't want to study martial art. I want to be the, the art. So what I'm excited to learn next, I'm actually just excited to do good. That's about it. I mean, that's your, that's your, it's the number one value of your company on the on in at least on the web order yeah yeah (laughs) no it is and so how does this year look why this year why why are you doing this year instead of any other year i think there's a point when you have to you have to make peace with the imposter syndrome that you're in and this is the year that i finally kind of broke out of it when I looked around and I mean, I, I went through a bunch of challenges last year and this year. And I think that you have to kind of take out the sword and, and raise your shield and, and know that you can kind of go to battle and, and you can, you can affect the change that needs to be affected and stretch a lot of analogies along the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, why this year? It's it's our 10-year anniversary. I'm excited about being, like, having seen it, having done it, and, and being the, the person who, who finally feels very confident to say, I've seen this situation before. I, I know what it feels like to be the smartest guy in the room when it comes to this domain. I, I can be, and I think our people can be, those people. And I think I've seen it with others and I've never, I've started to attribute like this kind of ego and diva ism to it. And it wasn't earned. I've seen that happen when they haven't earned it, but you know, I feel pretty good about this year about doing it. And I think the more challenges that kind of rise up and the more successes you get and the failures that you go through, it only kind of roots you. I feel very rooted this year in that. I don't know. If your dad was sitting across the table from us <clears throat> or from you today, what would you say to him right here in this room? I'd say it's going to be okay. I'm okay, and things are going to be okay. You know, I have this phrase say that you know we got this got this and i don't want him to so much which as a dad i now know is like a sub process always you're just constantly running like scenarios and it's hard to let go sometimes yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be okay you know we got this I've been watching a lot of TV shows recently and all the main characters have PTSD. And I don't know why I'm attracted to that from 
a storytelling perspective today, but I certainly have been reflectively seeing it. Is that weird? What part of your story do you connect to PTSD the most? I think it's the... It's the fact that these people, these characters, these main characters, and I'm talking about Barry and um, Patriot on Amazon Prime and a bodyguard on Netflix, who, who have attained a level of skill set and ability that has only come through expertise or experience over time. And I think that they've gone through some, some tough situations and they've had very little time to process and communicate and, and work through that. There's a bunch of like Gordian knots that they haven't kind of hmm. gone through. So I think that's what I'm excited to do is to like unknot some knots I've got. And, and so how does your art and martial arts, hmm. how does your, how does art help PTSD? How does art help you process positive or negative experiences that occur in a rapid period of time? I think, I don't think the work does it. <laughs> I don't think the, the, there's anything in the work or the process that does it. I think that there's two main groups that are there in the space that I've become more aware of to be helpful in that. And, and you see it in these stories, and sometimes you don't see it in these stories, and the lack of them being in there really makes a difference. And the first group is your friends and your community, the people around you, and just kind of being more open about the, the ups and downs and the challenges so that you can, you can talk to somebody. You know, they say, you got to talk to somebody. It's good to talk to somebody. So, you know, talking with my family is, is very helpful. And I think that isn't part of the art, but I think it's part of the the... The, the, the art involves confidence and awareness to be able to express things without remorse over or fear. It's okay to have fear. and You just got to overcome it some days. And I think the other is being aware of your body. Your body is there to help you. Your body there is there to tell you you are tired, you should go to sleep, or you have a headache, you should get some water. Um, your, your body, I've got to come to this realization, is really on your side, always. doesn't, you know, you could, you could, kind of trick your body a little bit if you want but by and large your body's like got your back and so knowing that your body's telling you these things and you listen to them that's going to help you with the ptsd because the body will go to the brain and say i had this whole thing that happened where um my brain was like i don't know i'm not feeling too great my body's like well i have an idea for you let's go to bed and the brain will go like well we had a lot to do what what, what happened and the body was just like hey uh, I'm just working with what I got here. If we had a lot to do, I could give you adrenaline. If we had a lot to do, I could do all sorts of things. But I'm watching you, man, and you look gassed. So why don't we take a nap? We'll get to that stuff. And I'll give you everything else you know. Hungry, let's get some salty stuff, some sugary stuff, whatever. But I think this is what's best, and I'm going to take over. And it if you're listening, if you're, if you're not trying to force it, because your brain can force you to do all sorts of things. You can power through stuff. If you feed your body, you support your body. That's a, the, one of the biggest allies in the game. And I think it's, it, it wasn't, there's was no gratitude kind of given to it. And I started to 
kind of be more open and aware of like these dimensions, these, these feelings going on. Yeah. So weird. No. Cool. What's your dad's name? Nicola Sabato Tancredi. Nicola. Nicola. Any last words in closing? Give your dad a hug. Thanks so much. You know, or your mom. Mm-hmm. Go do good, be good. Excited about the future. Uh-huh. Thanks for coming. Well, you heard him here, folks. To all our listeners. I, I hope you can understand that this is a man who's achieved great things, built a wonderful company, doing it for all the right reasons. Do it with family. Build community. Be good, do good, be passionate. And not every year has to be filled with learning new things. Some years you can just take a step back and realize where you've come from and take a pause on the future. Take a pause on, you know, what's coming next and just appreciate what you have. And, uh, and if, you can, if you can do that, uh, maybe one day you'll do what Dom and Tom have done so well here at Tom and Tom. So please check them out online. Web, mobile, new emerging technologies, they do it all. They're the best in the business. Been a pleasure having you, Dom. Hey, thanks, Chris. Hope you all having a phenomenal day on Earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore, and we'll see you next episode. Mm-hmm.